everyone. Welcome to the Feminism in Practice podcast. Thank you, Sarah, for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. So you are a cross-country runner. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey with that? Sure. So I started running, well, the earliest memory I have was with my mom, actually. And she, when I was living in Calgary, she was always part of this running room. Um, and she took me out one day and kind of started my, um, yeah, my love of running, I guess I would credit to her. And then I kind of did it all throughout um, elementary school and high school and then started becoming really competitive with it in grade nine um, when I joined a team outside of my school. Um, and then I really kind of started to focus on long distance running. And then I uh, decided to try to do varsity running and got onto the team at Acadia. Amazing. And you're still on that team today, right? I am, yes. So cool. And how how does your identity of being a runner intersect with your identity of being a feminist? Well, I, I've thought about this before because I think um, sports for me is something that like really gets me riled up and passionate about feminism because I think there's still such inequity in terms of gender and gender representation and um, gender pay and all of that in sports particularly like I think in other aspects of society we've made a lot more progress in some ways than we have in sports still and like it's still quite um, blatantly aware in sport that there's this huge difference and even coming to Acadia and it being involved with varsity and like this is my only experience with the varsity teams. I can only speak from this experience, but there are some pretty stark differences between both the men's and women's teams here, even though they have such a great program. But um, that was really surprising to me, mm-hmm. for sure. Do you mind speaking a bit about some of the differences? Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's definitely funding differences, for sure. And I mean, part of this too is um, the popularity and the viewership of sports really influences how much funding they get. So like, it does make sense. I mean, historically, cross-country running has always had a lower viewership just by the nature of the sport. Like, it is harder to watch a race, you know, people running when it's outside and wood trails than it is in a stadium watching, like, football or hockey, for example. And I think, too, there's just this ingrained cultural thing here in Wolfville, especially in smaller towns, of like going out every week to the hockey games or the football games, um, that's become such a part of the town. And there's not that same history, I guess, for the women's teams. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a women's hockey team and there is a women's rugby team. They just, they don't have the same um, following and the same community support. Um, and therefore they just don't get the same amount of funding. So that's one major difference. Um, And then definitely just um, kind of more informally, I guess, there's almost this feeling about uh, like almost this kind of hierarchy, I would say, in in, um, student athletes where um, the kind of the the bigger sports that attract more of the funding and the viewership, they're just they're seen as slightly above those other sports Mm -hmm. and kind of prioritized in ways with their resources and um, how much media and promotion they get. Um, And 
I mean, I don't understand all the complexities of it, but from from just a perspective of being in it and being at a team that's kind of sometimes I think seen as maybe not inferior, but just um, we're not usually given the same attention as those big teams and they tend to be the male teams in yeah. general. It's really interesting. So I... I've never really been into watching much sports, but I know growing up, I would always hear people like, oh, I'm going to go watch the game, right? And you always knew like that that was a men's game. And if it wasn't, it would always be specified. It's like, okay, I'm going to go watch the women's game tonight. Mm -hmm. Whereas nobody's like, I'm going to go watch the men's game tonight. Yeah. Which is just so interesting that our society is so biased in that way. Well, even within our team, like our team is an all women's running team. And even as a team before COVID and stuff, when you could go to games, we used to go as teams and it was always the men's games, typically. Like we did a few times, some of the women's, but even then it's like, we're a women's team. And now we're, we're only kind of exclusively supporting the men's teams at our own school. Like that's kind of odd. And it was just kind of, same. It wasn't something we even thought about. It was like, oh, we're going to the basketball game. And it was just, you know, it was assumed, of course, we we're going to the men's basketball game. So yeah. that's also kind of odd. Yeah, thing. it's so interesting. <laughs> and then what you're saying, how that then affects funding. Because I think part of the reason is sometimes people believe, like, that the men's hockey game might be at a higher level, or at least it's a, a better experience because there's more people there and mm-hmm. there's more support. Um, but then realizing, like, then how funding impacts that, right? So if the team isn't getting the funding and isn't getting the use of the equipment because the men's team is always prioritized because they're the ones who's getting the most viewership, then that, sec- that cycle perpetuates itself. Definitely. It's like a chicken and the egg scenario. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How do we break that? That's such a interesting thing to explore. Yeah, definitely. Has your... Like, how has your journey with feminism involved, uh, evolved, sorry, mm-hmm. like, within sports, but mm-hmm. also just in your life in general? Like, was sports the starting place for your feminism, or has it developed outside of that, mm-hmm. or what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it. I think sport has been one of the key driving forces behind my own journey, I guess, with feminism, and I think it has evolved. Like, looking back, I remember when I was really starting to get more competitive like at first when I was really young I was not competitive at all and I was very um I would avoid competition at all costs and then I kind of got to age you know like 10 11 12 when I started getting much more involved much more competitive and um I remember very early on being very mad like really angry that I couldn't um compete with the boys in my class and that was like that kind of t- I feel like maybe that was a turning point for me especially in gym class and some in elementary school where you know when you're eight and nine like all you know the boys and girls can kind of equal are pretty equal on um, equal playing fields when it comes to athletics and then after a certain age like it really starts to to be huge differences and in reasons that you just like you can't control and it was so frustrating. I remember, like, when I couldn't keep up with the boys at, at the first cross country practice of, you know, like grade six or something, when they were starting to really have big differences. That was so frustrating. And then I played soccer as well all throughout. Um, well, since I was really young in elementary school and high school, and I remember we had we would scrimmage sometimes against the uh, the boys teams that practice on the, the same field, and just we would. 
I was so frustrated how my team first acted because they would immediately kind of default to this. Uh, I don't know. They just weren't playing at, the, at their best that I knew our team could play just because they were in the presence of boys. And then secondly, just that we, even if we did try our hardest and I would try really hard, I, I just physically couldn't keep up to them and their size. I mean, they were way, this was teenagers too. So like at this point they were way bigger than me and faster and stronger. And just, it took me a really long time to accept the fact that anatomically men are stronger and faster and even it's just, it's a biological thing. And it doesn't mean we can't also, that women aren't able to excel in sport as well, but you can't compare men and women in sport Mm -hmm. as much as I want to believe. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I think that also gets into an interesting thing when we're talking about the biological differences between, like, um, like, male people and then female people and then how that intersects with gender as Mm -hmm. well. And our teams are so divided by gender. Yeah rather than being divided by, like, biological sex. And, like, what happens if you're intersex? What happens if you're non-binary? Where do you fit into the sports world? Yeah, so much. And that's something that I think I'm really starting to be more aware of, too. Like, I think growing up, I was much more traditional or, like, black and white in my view of, like, you know, we have girls' teams, boys' teams. And, and that I mean, it's, even the names of everything, it's always like, oh, the women's team, the men's team. There's nothing in between. Um, and now I'm just becoming more and more aware of, of yeah, just how gender and bio- biology are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when we make them the same thing, how that impacts people's ability to participate in the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. So how would you say your role as a feminist, your identity as a feminist, impacts you as a runner? Like, what what changes, I guess, what things do you do differently because you consider yourself a feminist, if anything? Mm -hmm. I think I'm definitely more inclined as a female runner to um, support other female runners or other female athletes more than I am for, not saying that I I don't support (laughs) male athletes, of course I do, but um, I think there's a bit more of a need for females to support other females and like really kind of empower each other especially in sport where it's um it's a field that sometimes you don't feel always as well representative and you have to like fight a lot more for what you want or what you're what you know you're capable of Mm -hmm. um and I think this team especially at Acadia is really unique in the sense that it is just a women's varsity team and I think that's so special and unique compared to all other um varsity schools all the other schools that we compete against have both men's and women's teams um, and I think it's kind of a unique position to be in like it's only women and um, I've just noticed how we how we even run the team together as a very like collective process and there's I don't know we're, we're a lot more than just um, than just athletes that train together like we've become a very close community and I think part of that does stem from the fact that as women in sport, you really you have to you have to work with each other to kind of build each other up and, and advance yourself and um, establish yourself, I guess. <laughs> mm, for sure. It's a totally different world. And I'm I'm definitely not super connected to the sports world. So it's really interesting hearing you talk about it. 
especially through a feminist lens. Um, are you generally pretty vocal about being a feminist and how does that play out in your life? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I guess I wouldn't say, I would say that I'm a feminist for sure, but I don't, I don't think I actively, I think even my leadership style in general is a little less vocal. I think I'm more, um, how I prefer to lead is more by example instead of, um, a more kind of out there, like vocal process, I guess. And I've always been more of like a quiet leader, I would mm -hmm. say. Um, so I would say I'm a feminist and, but there's definitely, yeah, there's times when, especially in sport, um, I feel like it's not that it's not okay, but just that you have to kind of tiptoe around some issues and it's hard to talk about them and you kind of have to watch yourself a little bit like oh in the presence of certain people can you talk about certain things um especially when it comes to like funding and that kind of thing for sure totally yeah so in that way you kind of feel a little bit of a pushback is that definitely yeah i don't want to be too strong in my opinions or seem too opinionated or maybe i don't fully uh share how i really feel because I know that there's other interests that we have to <laughs> kind of keep in mind. Mm -hmm. So like that finding the balance between like advocating for what you know is right, but not pushing people away. Mm -hmm. and that's a lot to take on, to take on that responsibility. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I don't always, I think a lot of my teammates feel this way too. Like I don't think we always feel completely free to express to what point that we feel frustrated or that we need that we would like more representation or something because we're still in that building stage and we're still like kind of having to fight for small things and we're not at a point yet where we can be that open about it mm -hmm. do you think there is a point where you will be able to be open about it and like how do we get to that point yeah that's that's so hard because i think it takes a lot of courage and it could actually really have some pretty negative consequences in the short term I think that's our main thing and it's also hard being here for only four years you're kind of you're trying to I mean four years is not that long and then when you're trying to think about your team as you know having short-term successes and doing things to be good for the the collective team um I feel like those types of things are very long-term goals that mm -hmm. could have pretty bad repercussions I think or not bad just not ideal <laughs> consequences in the short term. Short term. Mm -hmm. Such a, a challenge to navigate. Mm -hmm. for sure, for sure. <laughs> Do you see yourself um, like sticking with sport in some capacity once you leave Acadia and what, what would that look like for you? Yeah, no, definitely. I think sport for me has always been kind of my rock in life for sure. Like it's something I go back to over and over. It's it's always something that's been worked into my schedule to a point where like I think it's become a core part of my lifestyle and I need I almost kind of need that structure to mm -hmm. like really function <laughs> mm -hmm. and um I would like to try actually a different sport competitively after um varsity running so I, I'm actually kind of thinking of cross-country skiing because I love that and taking it more competitively um and I think there's such a a nice 
community to be found with competitive sport, especially among women as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, I like I said, I haven't been super involved in the sport community, but I know that there's often a challenge with um, like keeping women in sport. So I think that's cool that you're planning on sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's definitely, yeah, there is for sure. And even in, I like, I remember always in gym class and stuff in high school, I opted to do this kind of girls fitness class instead of the one mixed with everyone. And it was, it was frustrating because there's so many girls and young women who are perfectly, you know, they're perfectly capable and they're fit and everything. But I think because of society and different pressures that you feel like they can't show that they're really interested in sport, they can't be really competitive and get super sweaty Mm -hmm. and be aggressive. And I think that's, yeah, that's such a big one. (laughs) I'm just thinking back to my time in middle school, I used to be really good at high jump actually. And we were just doing high jump in gym. And there was kind of like the low level bar. And then if you wanted to be more competitive, the high level bar and you chose which lineup to go in. And originally all the uh, women in my class went to the low level bar Mm -hmm. and all the men in the class went to the high level bar. And I remember feeling so stuck because it's like, Mm -hmm. I know I'm really good at high jump, but it's like, I want to be with my friends. Yeah. So like, how, how do you navigate that? Right. And all of my friends were with, with the woman. And it was like, I actually did for a while. I went to the men and I felt so uncomfortable there Yeah, being the only woman and people like looking at me and like, they were all talking amongst themselves and I was kind of just standing in line by myself and I ended up like, I think I did two jumps and then I went back to the low level bar because I, I didn't feel comfortable in that position. Yeah. No, that's such like a common feeling I think for so many female athletes in all contexts. And it it is really unfortunate because if you're not made to feel welcome in a place, like why would you continue? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, yeah. Um, Or even I find kind of being singled out, not necessarily in a bad way, but I think that can really have a negative impact. Like I remember I was always kind of like parents watching our soccer games when I was younger would always comment to my parents like, oh, Sarah's really like feisty or something. And always these comments and like really aggressive and stuff. And it was always kind of a surprise because it didn't really match my personality. And people were like really surprised when they see me you know, in sport because I, I am really competitive and sometimes can be like aggressive and stuff in sports. And people are always surprised by that. But it was always it wasn't always said in like a super positive way. And I, I just wonder sometimes if I was a boy, would anyone have commented about that? And I kind of feel like they wouldn't have. Yeah, and if they did, it would probably be like, oh, a really positive thing. Like, oh, they're going to go far and, like, look at them. Like, mm-hmm. Whereas for women, it's like those are traits that are often seen as a negative thing in women, being aggressive. It's like you're supposed to be kind and polite. Mm-hmm. And how does that flow over to sports? Yeah, definitely. And it's a kind of undertone of just, I never knew what people meant when they say that, when they would say that. Because they would be like, oh, wow, you're really competitive so that's really not what I thought what I expected it's like okay well <laughs> like, what, what is your meaning with that what is implied yeah <laughs> oh such a challenge well thank you so much I think this is such an important conversation to be having well thank you this is really fun to talk about <laughs> <laughs>